Well, we made it. We're almost done. Landing gear is out. We're on our final approach. We're about to touch down. Tomorrow will be the one-year anniversary. Dr. Gary Fenton preached to us his last message, and he walked out that door. And what a year it's been. And there were a lot of questions around what that time would look like and what it would be. What's, what's going to happen to Dawson? Are we going to make it? Are we going to be the same? Are we going to look different? Will Jack ever wear a tie? <laughs> because in our history, the story hasn't been so good. We've been through transition before and it did not go so well. And it was natural that people would come with those kind of fears, those kind of concerns. Without a beloved pastor of 25 years at the helm, how would this thing be navigated? How would it be steered? And yet, we did what we should do every day is come back to center and say, Jesus, guide us. God, guide us. And we did that as a church family. And with your permission today, I'd like to revisit and walk down this past 12 months and celebrate what God has done. Now, I personally want to say thank you. Thank you for the journey of the last 12 months. What I have clearly come to realize is not one person nor any group responsible for our success. And all of us could clearly say, without the hand of God, this would not have been possible. But I am grateful. I'm grateful for Dr. Fenton, who left us in a very healthy position with no division, financially stable. I'm grateful for a search team that not only had the responsibility to find our next senior pastor, but also navigate the direction of the pulpit throughout this last year. For a personnel team that gave our staff freedom to lead the way as we felt led and guided us and encouraged us along the way. We have what's called a coordinating team that serves and is made up of different heads from different committees from our church family that gave us insight, that gave us wisdom. As we were making decisions, whether to go this way or this way, they helped guide us and direct us. We have tremendous church leaders. Whether you're in a life group and you lead, whether you're in a choir you lead, whether you're one of our deacons and you lead, whether you serve in any capacity here in our church, you have been responsible for our success. I could not be more thrilled to work with a group of people every day we call staff, who worked tirelessly before we ever entered transition and have continued to work tirelessly throughout our transition. And even as you and I are in this room, they are busy about this campus, not only doing the job God called them to do, but the job we asked them to do during this season. That's above and beyond what they normally do. Lots of things have to happen. Lots of things have to take place. And none of that would be possible if it were not for God's overseeing and God's guidance through it all. Twelve months ago, we said as a church family that we wanted to make this transition successful and we were resolved about several issues. And the first being that we would advance the mission of the church. That during this transition season, that we would make disciples. Our vision to become and help others become faithful servants of Christ would not change. And that we would move forward 
And that we would progress this church. We would move this church forward. We would look for the opportunities to continue our ministry. That we were not going to say and stay in a holding pattern. We were not just going to coast and hope that we got through it. That we were going to continue to move forward. Because we could advance our mission. Because Christ is the head of the church, not a man. That it was no more... No more truer 12 months ago as it will be in two weeks. Christ is still the head of the church. He has guided us. He will direct us. We were not in a leadership gap. We were in a transitional opportunity. And we wanted to take full advantage of it this past year. Probably the most boldest thing that we did as a church family and as a church body is that we said this journey isn't just about finding a senior pastor, that this journey would be about ourselves being prepared spiritually for what is next. That you and I would have to go on a journey to prepare. And so we prayed. We invited God to do business with us. We boldly prayed, God, search us. See if there's any offensive way in us. And if there is, God, help us clear that out. We went a step further And what might be the boldest prayer as a church family we prayed. And we said, God, don't send us what we want. Send us what we need. So that, God, we would be obedient to what you have planned here, not what we want here. Lots of questions. And we committed as a church that we would no longer use the phrase transition. That we did not want 2016 and 2017 to be defined by the word transition, but we wanted it defined by our actions. And what we did for God, not what we waited on. That's the kind of church this is, and God blessed us. I know that He blessed us in a lot of ways. One of those ways was on August the 6th, when as a church body we met in this room for a called church conference where a unanimous peace was experienced by everyone in this room as a resounding yes at 4.08 p.m. that I knew God had done a work here. That God had done something amazing here. And you and I got to experience that this year. And it would be a mistake For us to blow past the last 12 months because we're so excited about the next two weeks. And so, if you will, I'd like for us to take a journey to see what God may have to say to us about remembering. You know, it's estimated that you and I are going to take about 1.2 trillion pictures this year with our phones. We like to remember things. I know this to be true because I watch your Facebook feed or your Instagram feed. You take a lot of pictures about a lot of things because we want to remember. And we'll take 47 pictures of one thing just to make sure we got it right. We want to remember. We're going to open up Scripture here and we're going to look at when the Israelites pass over the Jordan. And can't you see it today? If that were taking place... I'm sure the Ark of the Covenant would have some GoPros on it. I'm sure there would be a a drone flying over, watching the whole group walk over dry land as as the Jordan opened up. They said that the eclipse 
that we experienced this last week was the largest single act of God that, got, that, that more got documented about that than any other act of God that's ever happened in history because of all of our devices that were recording and taking pictures. We remember. But if we're not careful, we're going to move past this season and we will not have remembered because we were so focused on our next pastor that we forgot to. So if you will, open up to Joshua chapter 4. First graders, that's page 218 in your Bible. 218. I know someone next to you will help you find it. So let's open up and let's see what God has to say to us today. It's, all, it's only fitting to me that 12 months ago we started in the book of Joshua. And we talked about the transition between Moses and Joshua. And that there was a consistent message from God to Joshua as he was taking over leadership. It was to be strong and be courageous. Don't be afraid. Because as I was with Moses, I will be with you. And if you can look back over these past 12 months, it's obvious that God has continued to stay with us. And so we move down the timeline in Joshua's story and we come to where the people have crossed the Jordan. We pick it up there. Chapter 4, verse 1. When the whole nation had finished crossing the Jordan, the Lord said to Joshua, Choose twelve men from among the people, one from each tribe, and tell them to take up the twelve stones from the middle of the Jordan, from right where the priests are standing, and carry them over with you, and put them down at the place where you stay tonight. So Joshua called together the twelve men he had appointed, from the Israelites, one from each tribe, and said to them, Go over before the ark of the Lord your God into the middle of the Jordan. Each of you is to take up a stone on his shoulder, according to the number of the tribes of the Israelites, to serve as a sign among you. In the future, when your children ask, What do these stones mean? Tell them that the flow of the Jordan was cut off before the ark of the covenant of the Lord. When it crossed the Jordan, the waters of the Jordan were cut off. The stones are to be a memorial to the people of Israel forever. So the Israelites did as Joshua commanded them. They took 12 stones from the middle of the Jordan, according to the number of tribes of the Israelites, as the Lord had told Joshua, and they carried them over with them to their camp, where they put them down. And Joshua set up the 12 stones that had been in the middle of the Jordan at the spot where the priest who carried the Ark of the Covenant had stood, and they are there to this day. Now skip down to 19. On the tenth day of the first month, the people went up from the Jordan and camped at Gilgal on the eastern border of Jericho. And Joshua set up at Gilgal the twelve stones that had been taken out of the Jordan. He said to the Israelites, In the future, when your descendants ask their parents, What do these stones mean? Tell them. Tell them Israel crossed Jordan on on dry ground. For the Lord your God dried up the Jordan before you until he had crossed over. The Lord your God did to Jordan what he had done to the Red Sea when he dried it up before us until we had crossed over. He did this so that all the people on earth might know that the hand of the Lord is powerful 
and so that you might always fear the Lord your God. I'd like to go back and I'd like for us to explore and for us to expand on this passage and how it is relevant to you and I today. So if we look at 4.1, start with me there. When the whole nation had finished crossing the Jordan, isn't it interesting that this is the moment at which God told them to go and get stones and remember? Because if you remember, the Jordan was not the destination of the trip. The Jordan was a stop along the trip. The destination was the promised land. God was taking them on a journey. But if you and I are not careful, we will get so consumed with the destination that we will miss the journey along the way. You see, God wanted them to remember this. God was going to use this. And God was going to help them as they move forward. But if we're not careful, We're going to be so concerned and consumed with the destination that we miss the journey along the way. God wants to do so much in our lives along the way. And He's done that this year. He's done some tremendous things along our way. And we need to remember those. As we continue in this passage, we start at verse 5. And He said to them, this is Joshua, Go over before the ark of the Lord your God into the middle of the Jordan. Each of you is to take up a stone on his shoulder, according to the number of tribes in Israel, to serve as a sign among you. In the future, when your children ask, what do these stones mean? Tell them. Now, if God and Joshua had given you instruction to go out into the Jordan and to pick up a stone... I think what Joshua wanted everybody to know is don't just go pick up a stone. What's manly about just picking up one that you can walk out and you can carry? No, he said go get a stone that's going to require you to lift. You're going to have to use your shoulder. It's so big. The weight of it is going to be massive so that when they walked out of the Jordan, they could build a monument that would be there. It wouldn't just go away. Somebody wouldn't just naturally come up and grab it and take it and use it for something because these things were were large. These things were going to be as a memorial. Probably when you and I get to heaven, in the Washington, D.C. section of heaven, there'll be this memorial. It'll be there, and we'll be able to go, that's it. That's, That's the rocks they pulled out of the Jordan. When God allowed that group of people to do something no one else had gotten to experience. They walked on dry land. Flood season. They walked on dry land. God did something credible. And when you and I go into our Jordan and we pick up the rocks that God has in store for us, let's remember this, that the stones we take from the Jordan will serve as our sign that God has done what God has done in and through our lives. You see, we're going to look back over the last 12 months, and there are going to be some things that God wants to serve as a reminder, as a sign, he says, to remind us of what he did. You know, in two weeks, we're going to be different. We'll have a new leader. No one is going to know what we experienced except us. Only you and I are going to be the ones that are going to be able to truly testify about what God did during 2016 and 2017 at Dawson. Others won't make sense. 
But you and I had the privilege to walk this year. And not only does God want you to remember, He wants you to be ready to tell about it. Did He not say that? Did He not say the reason I want you to get this? When you're asked by your children, what do those rocks mean? You tell them. God's going to give you an opportunity next week, this next year, 10 years from now, to talk about what God did in this body of believers in 2016 and 2017, what God did. What a beautiful privilege that you and I will have the opportunity to share with our children, to share with our family, to share with others that come after us what God did during this year. Only you and I are going to know the details of that because of what we got to experience. So if we go down to verse 19. On the tenth day of the first month, the people went up from the Jordan and camped at Gilgal on the eastern border of Jericho. And Joshua set up at Gilgal the twelve stones that had been taken out of the Jordan. And he said to the Israelites, In the future, when your descendants ask their parents, What did these stones mean? Tell them. Now, I think it's interesting at this point. Jericho was probably the most fortified city that the Israelites would have to ever deal with. And yet, God took the stones from their past to use them to remind them of what He was going to do in their future. You see, the stones we take from the Jordan will serve as our sign of all that God will do in and through us as we continue life. That the, that the rocks we take out of the Jordan aren't just there to be as a reminder of what God did. They're going to continue to serve as a reminder of what God's going to continue to do. You see, God's not going to use this year in isolation. This year isn't just going to be for those of us who are here. God's going to use this so down the road, when we are facing who knows what, we will be able to say, you know, God was faithful to us then. God will be faithful to us now. You and your home are going to be able to remind your kids. You're going to be able to tell the story of not what, just, what God just did, but what God's going to do. You're going to be able to tell friends. You're going to be able to tell others that come alongside you what God did. And because of what He did what you're faithful he's going to continue to do. See, you and I have a beautiful opportunity to see all that God's going to do. So let's remember. Let's take some time to remember what God did. There's this phrase in Scripture that is woven all throughout the Bible. It's a phrase we don't use very much. It's surprising because it's everywhere Season throughout Scripture. It's such a big phrase that it's actually used to define grace. And I don't know about you, but for me, grace continues to be redefined. Every time I think I understand grace, God goes, watch this. And the definition becomes bigger. Yet, this phrase is used to define grace. This is the same phrase we see the psalmist all throughout saying, God... Help me find this. God, help me not lose this. That phrase is God's favor. We don't use that a lot. 
That's not something that just rolls off our tongue. Yet while all of us have experienced God's favor because of salvation, there's something to be said about God's favor as a blessing. That you and I this year have experienced God's favor. I don't understand how it comes upon a church. I don't know of some churches as it leaves. And I don't know why God chose us. But what I do know is that we experienced God's favor this year. When um, we started a year ago, I have to be transparent and let you know this was my prayer. My prayer was, God, do not let this thing crash on my watch. <laughs> That's where I was. It's like, man, this doesn't look good on a resume. This thing crashes and burns. Psalmist did a better job than I did. Psalm 90, 17 said, Let the favor of the Lord our God be upon us and establish the work of our hands upon us. Yes, establish the work of our hands. We experience God's favor in a way that others will never understand. Psalm 5, 12 says, For you bless the righteous, O Lord. You cover him with favor as with a shield. And I feel like over the last 12 months, God just looked down on this family of faith called Dawson and put us in this bubble of favor. And he protected us. He looked down and he said, I like what those people are doing. Those people are trying to honor me. Those people are surrendering to me. They're giving their fears over to me. They're surrendering their wants for their needs. I like what they're doing. And we experience God's favor. Even in spite of the questions, even in spite of the concerns, God blessed us with something unique. And so if you will, allow me the opportunity to walk into the Jordan, share with you the rocks I would pick up, that maybe some of you would pick up, and you would shoulder them, and you would carry them out as your testimony of what God would say to you. We shattered, shattered the attendance and giving averages most churches experience after a long-term pastor. We had 282 students attend Disciple Now, 375 total with volunteers. Today, or this year, we had 75 couples who went through our Together for Life, our ministry for newlywed couples or newly married couples. 75 couples had over 400 attend our Love and Respect Conference in the spring. Had 700 plus people praying in homes and over 50 homes throughout our city for this season, for ourselves. We finished 2016 with $75,000 to put into our reserve fund. And December was the largest single giving month in the history of our church without a senior pastor. We started several new life groups. We baptized over 50 people. Over 1,200 kids attended Kid Life. Over 400 volunteers worked tirelessly to ensure and give 14 kids the opportunity to change their eternity by saying yes to Jesus. We sent 300 plus people on mission trips this year. The staff worked as one unit in sync. We built a hospital wing. 
in a different country. 1,200 plus parents and kids served at Kids Connection, were served at Kids Connection. And of those, 700 plus of those kids received back to school clothing, supplies, and backpacks. We opened a learning center, now utilizing 25 teachers and 19 students. Tripled, tripled the amount of students who started in that less than a year ago. We stayed committed to our mission. We experienced solid teaching from the pulpit. Even on a day where we were iced in and couldn't make it to this building, we had church. We hit 58% of our Go Love Tell pledges and were only 40% into the program. We saw tremendous growth on our online usage of our members. We even launched a brand new Hispanic congregation in Fultondale. We built three special needs playgrounds. We had environmental projection in all three services on Palm Sunday. Never thought I'd see that. Improved our campus, hired new staff. We earned the trust of our people. We had no moral failures, no division among our people. And 142 people joined the membership of this church without a senior pastor. We experienced God's favor. What a blessing that we have had the last 12 months. And let's not move so fast that we forget to tell God, thank you. That when the history books will now be written, it'll have a different flavor. That 2016 and 2017 will not be a year of transition. It will be a year of God's favor. That God poured out on this body that you and I or were a part of. When you post today, you can hashtag God's favor. When you get on your Facebook today, when you want to give the status of how you're doing today, I hope you realized that you got to experience God's favor. I can think of no better way for us to respond than for us to praise, for us to worship the God who saw fit to guide us this last year, to come around us this last year, to walk with us this year. There's nobody more excited about September 10th than me. But I sure wouldn't change the year of God's favor for anything. We have so much to be thankful for. So much to tell our God thank you for. And so let's do that. We want to come to a time of conclusion of our service, but not of our worship. And I want to invite you, for you just to walk in your Jordan right now. What rock would you pick up? What do you want to say thank you, God, for? For this past 12 months, it may be something none of us are aware of that He just did in your home. He did in your life, in your own journey. I don't know what that may be, but it is only fitting that you and I respond to God in a way that says, thank you. In Exodus 15, 11, it says, Who among the gods is like you, Lord? Who is like you, majestic in holiness, awesome in glory, working wonders? We serve a great God, and He has smiled on us. Let's make sure we say thank you. The days ahead are going to be great, but wow, 
this year's been fun. Let's make sure we tell him thank you. May the depth of our gratitude be a reflection of what God has done in our life. May our worship today resound because the depth of our gratitude is great. God has so blessed us. Let's pray. Father, we acknowledge your presence with us. God, we don't take this last year lightly. Father, we have so much to be thankful for and so much to reflect on. I just pray we just sit in this moment for a while. God, we just again and again say thank you. God, may we reflect and respond in worship. And God, if that's on our knees, if that's with our hands high, if that's with our voice loud, if that's just in silence, God, may we praise you. In your name I pray. Amen.